CBS Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Wednesday edition of the Pick 6. It's Nick, Pete, and Will, JLC, to join a little later. Gentlemen, let's get right into it and begin. Odell Beckham Jr., Will Brinson, could potentially miss week number one. Yeah. Uh, before we get to Odell, though, I want to point out the fact that you should subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. And unless you're <laughs> going to be a jerk like MN Vikings fan 2016, who I actually think has been a jerk before on these things, like he might have something against me personally, um, well, I mean, Will, he's a Vikings fan, and like it is 2016 in his in, in his in his headline, right? Like that's his name. The Vikings were 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 five and zero, and then finished eight and eight in 2016. So maybe what this guy's doing is channeling his anger at his team towards us. That's not cool. Will, tell the listeners, in fact, what is cool? Uh, what would be cool is if you got a copy of Madden, EA Sports Madden Six, Madden Eighteen. We will give. We're gonna pick one copy, maybe maybe more than one copy, either Xbox One. Or PlayStation 4. If you go into the comments on iTunes and write a review, this time on August 25th, which is the, the day that Madden's released, I will get you a copy, a code to download a free version of Madden. All you have to do is rate five stars and leave a review. We will pick one of the five-star ratings, not one of the jerks who left one-star ratings or even four-star ratings, although very solid four stars. I appreciate that. It's five or nothing. Add- yeah, five or nothing. If you leave a five-star review between now and August, the morning of August 25th, you will be eligible to get a free copy of Madden and uh, leave your Twitter handle or probably don't want to leave your email in there. Le- leave your Twitter handle. We'll figure out a way to get in touch with you. Um, but do that, and we'll give you a free copy of Madden. So make sure you rate and review. Odell Beckham could play week one, though. Right, I mean, he could play. Like this is, it's like I'm not, I'm not dogging Jordan Ronan. Or, well, he could, he could not. He could, he could not. Dan reporting, Graziato. he might play, he might not. <laughs> Dan Graziato and Jordan Ronan, the guys who did it, are, are good, good reporters. But I mean, like, they are. I think this is more a case of guys Odell Beckham saying, "Hey, by the way, I wanted a new contract, didn't get it. Now I'm a little worried about my health. Give me that money. Pay the man. Why don't they? Why don't they pay Odell Beckham? Just give him what he wants. He's the best receiver in football." He's not the best receiver in football. He is. He's one of the three best receivers in football. He's the right. best receiver okay. in the league. He's number one. Julio's the best receiver in the league. Antonio Julio, Jones. Julio Jones is the best receiver in the league, and then probably Beckham, and then maybe Antonio Brown. That's but, probably But I, I think you can make the case that the Giants won 11 games last year. Without Beckham, I think they were like an eight-win team. And like for a wide receiver to add three wins to a team's win total, I think makes him the the, the most the best receiver in the game by far. You're biased. You got a Beckham jersey in your house. I don't have a Beckham about? jersey, but I will freely admit, if I were younger, I would absolutely have an Odell Beckham jersey. There's no doubt about it. Of course you would. It. You know, it's it's funny because you think about it, right? And like, who the hell you knows? Wear with your lady sweatpants and walk around know, like ladies, a New Yorker. Those ladies, I love being a New Yorker with the sweatpants. Um. Beckham may or may not miss the game, right? And I think there's like a drama king element to Beckham. And like we saw that on Monday night in the preseason game against the Browns. But I'm thinking about like Giants and Cowboys here. If Beckham and Zeke are both out, you guys agree or disagree? It's a significantly bigger deal for the Giants to potentially be without Beckham than for the Cowboys to potentially be without Zeke Elliott. Yes, I would agree with you on that one. And not even close, right? Well, and again, I go back to my running back theory, and, and, you know, it used to be 
there was a big four positions in the league, the quarterback, the left tackle, the pass rusher, and the corner, but it's now the big five. If you have a big play receiver, he changes the dynamic of, of the game now, the way the rules are. So, yeah, it w- there's no doubt it would be a much bigger loss not to have Odell Beckham. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about if you take Odell Beckham out, I mean, it's like you do in baseball. You do, let's do replacement level stuff, right? You take Odell Beckham out and you add Brandon Marshall. But if you're the Cowboys, you take Odell Beckham out and you add Darren McFadden. I mean, you take Zeke Elliott, you add Darren McFadden. I mean, the drop off from Odell Beckham to Brandon Marshall, and Brandon Marshall has been a great player for much of his career, but the drop off from there is massive. Massive. And drop off from Zeke Elliott to Darren McFadden or Alfred Morris is also massive, but you can run behind that offensive Correct. line. If you're the Giants, you can't create these opportunities that Odell Beckham does. This is a guy who, I mean, for like half the year last year, the Giants' entire playbook was Ben McAdoo holding up this, or like their entire offense was Ben McAdoo holding up this like 7,000 sheet playbook that really just said slant to Odell. And then he would like call slant to Odell and Odell would rip one off. They just keep throwing it and just hope Odell rip one off. That was their offense. They don't have an offensive line. They've got a, a rookie tight end in Evan Ingram. They got Brandon Marshall, who's old, talented. They got Sterling Shepard, who's banged up. I mean, you know, this is a concern. I, I think Odell will play week one because it's a big game on a big stage and he's a big stage, big game player. But you have to be concerned if you're the Giants about your receiving core. And, and by the way, don't say they don't have an offensive line. What they don't have is tackle. They, they, they do have humans who play offensive Pete, line. John, John Jerry is awful, Pete. good last year yeah, and yeah. Richburg is still a good quality center. John so Jerry is awful, Pete. Yeah, well, but Richburg and Pugh are good players. Pete, they can't run the ball and they can't protect the quarterback. Like, I, I, I keep going back to this. Well, that's what happens when you don't have tackles. The Giants, don't have tackles. but like, but you think they're going to be like, like good and go to the postseason. The Giants are not Nobody's making the playoffs. There are a few offensive lines in the league that are very good, Nick. But their offensive line is bad, though, Pete. Like, it's not like it's the the the, the, the Seahawks went to the playoffs last year with a crappy offensive line, didn't they? I, the you, you don't think the, the Seahawks? Se- the Seahawks have a better quarterback right now than the Giants do. Right, right now, I'm not oh, saying oh, over the course. Oh, you're leaning that Pete, way. You like Pete, no, you like no, Pete, 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 you can't, God. you can't say 36 year old Eli Manning in the year of our Lord 2017 is better than Russell Wilson. No way. And I'm the biggest Eli fanboy out there. No, I would take Russell Wilson right now over Eli. Wow. I mean, Last it's, year you have on this to. podcast, you blasted me repeatedly for taking Russell over Eli. Well, Eli's played himself down in another year. Guys, so you're I, saying I, Eli's overrated, huh? No, he's not. He was overrated. He's overrated now, but he's underrated for his career. We said that already on this podcast. You keep going to that. True or false? Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. is a drama king in the Ben Roethlisberger mold. True. Oh, true. Like, how much of that do you think on Monday night, which, by the way, I'm watching it as a Giants fan with my heart in my throat watching this on Monday night, especially when he went – guys, he went down in the tunnel. Like, there were no trainers around him. It was as if he said, like, got the cameraman and said, here, come with me, and, like, went where there was nobody and went down. Like, uh, it's like bad reality television. Like, it felt like after the fact, given that it wasn't a serious injury or, like, we'll wait to see the severity, it felt like he was milking it a little bit because he knew the cameras were on him. Of course he did. Like, but, is, he is. but isn't that annoying? Yes, but that's who he is. Be who you are. I don't mind. By the it. way, the hit was not illegal. It wasn't it was illegal, clean. but it was dirty. No. Wait, okay, can't go head. You can't go low. Where the hell do you go? Pete, he went right into his knee and like led into he his knee. He went low and the guy planted his leg. There's nothing you could do about it. That's why every single player I ever talked to. They- Rather hit me high than hit me low. Yeah, I think I think it's more of a byproduct of the NFL 
creating these rules whereby you can't target somebody in the head and it basically forces defenders to go low on players. It's, it's remi- it was reminiscent, I thought, when you watched it on the replay of another Browns situation on a low hit, uh, this one being the TJ Ward hit on, on Rob Gronkowski right, yeah. a few years ago. And look, I mean, that's just the danger of what the NFL has created. If you're going to take out shoulders and up and ask guys to tackle really fast athletes in, in really quick timing, you're going to invariably end up with some situations where guys get hit in the legs. I mean, that's just part of the problem. The fan and Nick came out that Monday night. It was like, oh, dirty hit, dirty hit, dirty hit. It wasn't a dirty hit. It, it was a dirty hit. And, and it was a fanboy moment by me, I will admit. I was very it got, angry. It got like a thousand retweets on one of his tweets and he was like, I'm all in on this dirty hit. Let's no, like, and, and to be, and to be fair, like, I really like, I, I don't like, like, interacting with people on that level. Like, I never get into it with people on Twitter. And one of our guys, Dustin Fox, who's a buddy of mine who hosts radio in Cleveland, retweeted it. And then all the angry, like, I thought people from Cleveland were generally fairly, like, well dispositioned. I had people in my mentions, kill yourself, F you, you're the worst, you're, the best one was, People like you are the reason why this country has gone soft. And I thought that that was pretty hilarious. Welcome so. to my world, dude. Welcome to my world. Yeah, I can only imagine what you get. Or the oh, st- yeah. I can only imagine the stuff that you get. Well, yeah. Uh, and as Nick makes a note on his paper to, uh, to point that out, I'd like actually like if we had a bleep all the time, like if we could just bleep, 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 like you could say whatever you wanted and somebody would come through and bleep it. Um, we can't do that. I bet Odell Beckham was saying a lot of bleep. So do you, I mean, do you think the Giants should go ahead and pay him? Because I feel like they should. I bet they won't, and I think he needs to get a – he probably should get an insurance policy. Well, you or saw – yeah, he wants that $100 million insurance policy. I mean, do you think – I mean, I, so he's just going to do it. He's not going to – like, because, I mean, my, my – my, I'd be like, hey, Giants, I'm really good. Please pay me. Now, you run into the same issue with Aaron Donald. You have two years of team control left and two franchise tags, so it's hard to get a number. But to me, it would be very simple, like – Pay Odell Beckham. It's not. It's just not that hard. Well, here's the other thing. What What do you think his contract? You think his contract will be a hundred million? Um. No. What was who? I mean, what's Julio? He's just going to beat Julio, right? I mean, right. He'll be better. He'll be better than Julio. So, um, here's the issue with the insurance policy. All right. Even if he gets the hundred million dollar contract, he's only what twenty four. Is he twenty four? Twenty three? Twenty four. That will prevent him from getting another contract after the fact. Because if he gets like a five year deal, then he can. So if you get the insurance policy, so everybody goes, oh, you get insured for $100 million, but you're, you're getting a $100 million contract now, then you're going to get whatever you get after that because he's not going to quit playing at 30 years old. Right. So. Well, okay. So, I mean, Antonio Brown got $68 million with an average of $17 million a year. I mean, and, well, let's say all right, Julio got $71.25 million, average 14.25. So, so let's just say he gets 80. 80 million. Yeah. What's, what's a hard problem? Well, then, okay. But, but if he gets the insurance policy for, a hundred, but which he probably couldn't because the most money he's going to get to be able to insure himself is eighty, probably. Yeah. So if he gets eighty, right? Yeah. Then he's not. Then and he does get hurt. He's never going to get the second contract. That's why when people always talk about these college athletes insuring themselves, well, you okay. can't get the insurance money if you're going to continue to play. Is what I'm saying. Oh, you're saying you have to collect the insurance money and then quit playing. Right. He can't. How can you collect the insurance well, money and continue to play? It's, he can't. It's it's called insurance. Like yeah, like. You don't have to move out of your house if you collect insurance on your house. It's not like, I don't think, I, I don't think it's, I don't think he could collect the insurance money and continue to play. And I don't know that for a fact, but I don't think he Well, can. I mean, yeah, well, exactly. Like if he takes the insurance policy out and blows his leg out and he can't play again, he gets the insurance money. But if he keeps playing, he but doesn't never, get the insurance money. What's that? But if he keeps playing, then he does not get the insurance money. I, I don't think it's like life insurance. <laughs> I think it's like you take out the insurance policy and if you 
get injured and have to miss a substantial amount of time and it hurts your earning power, then you can collect. Now, if he gets if he gets hurt and he still gets an eighty million dollar contract, then no, he won't collect the insurance. But that's why he had insurance, like you, to make sure you got the eighty million. All I'm saying is, if he gets hurt now with the insurance policy and he collects the eighty million, he can't play again. He would, yeah, it's great he's getting the insurance policy, but the second contract is what I'm saying. He's never ever going to see that. So this guy's got a chance to earn one hundred and fifty million dollars in his career instead oh, no. of the eighty. Well, that that's fine, but like zero would be worse than eighty, right? We agree that zero, like not yes. having insurance, would be worse than eighty, right? And two contracts would be better than eighty. He's not gonna have to quit playing football to get the insurance policy. That's not how that works. I mean, like he's gonna have something built in where he's gonna. I don't know. I mean, what insurance company is gonna insure somebody? What if he has a damaged leg and he has a ligament, comes back and plays four years and makes fifty million? He's not gonna get the eighty. There's got to be some provisions in there that's a career-ending injury or something. I, I, mean, I do think they need to pay him, though, because, like, he's yes, done he, he's him. done get enough at this money. point. And, like, get him under contract here before, God God forbid, there's some sort of catastrophic injury to Odell Beckham. So I think the Giants are going to lose week one with or without Beckham. And if it is going to come down to it and, like, Beckham is 50-50, don't play him in that game. Like, he's too important to the rest of their season. So I think you hold him out until he's ready for the Giants. Um, you... Pete does not think the hit was dirty. I think it was dirty. Will, the Brian Body Calhoun hit you're, on you're Monday America's night. Soft. You're, you're why America is soft. You're the no, reason Robert Lee like, can't announce a game in Charlottesville on week one, Nick Costas. You are ruining America. Well, uh, he is. We know he's soft. That goes without saying. Who, Costas? Yeah. Yeah, he's wearing soft a like toi- Soft like toilet paper when it's been... In water. That's what he is. That's, oh. that's, that's gross. But thank, thank you, thank you for that disturbing visual. Um, it was absolutely a dirty hit on Odell Beckham. No, 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 A dirty hit is against the rules. The rules state that it was a perfectly clean hit, ergo, not a dirty hit. Okay. I mean, like, he can do that, he can do that a hundred times a week if he wants, and the NFL is never going to find him for it, and therefore it's not a dirty hit. Now, is the NFL rule dumb? Allowing that to be a hit where you could blow out somebody's knee where, but you can't touch somebody's head. Yeah, that's a problem, but it's not a dirty hit by NFL rules. It, it, it was a dirty hit and the team that no, it no, came no. for, it, 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 they're dirty hit, dirty hit. And I'm also a Giants fan. I, I will, I will tell you that it doesn't help matters that, uh, one man, one, the guy on the defensive coordinator for the Browns is, uh, Greg Williams. You know, like maybe, maybe when the bounty gate guy running, running shop in, in Cleveland, yeah. be a little bit easier. This might be the most, this might be the softest conversation I've ever heard. It wasn't a dirty hit. That's football. I would say the softest conversation I've ever heard was the pedantics about Odell Beckham's insurance. Or the fact, what about, again, we glossed over this and Nick missed this because he wouldn't hear on Monday. The softest thing I've heard this week is that you have a maid, Pete. Is that true? Yes. No, like, what, no, hold on, hold on. Wait, because there's a difference between a cleaning woman and a maid. You have a maid, well, not a cleaning, cleaning woman. woman. The cleaning woman. Nick has a cleaning woman too. How, how often do you use, do you use the cleaning woman? Oh, see, see, see Brinson can't talk because Brinson comes, Brinson was born with the silver spoon in his mouth. So Brinson can't talk. We know Brinson's got, Brinson's got, got, got a fleet of people at the Brinson compound cleaning right, it constantly. Right, 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 He's got a butler. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, Alistair. Oh, like Mr. Brinson. Yes. May I bring you an order for sir? The Brinson compound is very blue collar. I will say that we were training some labs yesterday. We were doing some, some dummy work, you know, some, uh, some retrieval work. And then of course we went ahead mimosas by the pool before hitting the soft clay tennis court. Wait, wait a second. You have two labs now? My dad. You got has, another dog? No, I have this stupid George dog. Wait, is, is, the, is there really a soft clay tennis court? No, no, it's a, it's a hard, there's a tennis court. You have a tennis court in your house. Yeah, it was, it was there before when we moved in, but it's, it's, we don't really use it. 
Wow, it's it's unreal. Does he, Pete? Not have, he doesn't have a tennis court. He does. Oh yeah. You have a tennis court in your backyard. At my parents' house, yeah. Oh my god, you were <laughs> It's unbelievable this guy. It really is. You so you you really did grow up like Brinson, uh, uh it's time for you to come in. Your mom would ring a bell. Will, Will, tell what what is your real full name? Robert Williams Brinson. The what? Senior. Senior. Actually, I'm senior now. I gotta change that officially. Hey, but your mom would ring the bell and you'd all have to get dressed for dinner every Tuesday night and have a dinner around the dining room and you'd tell stories about your day. <laughs> Will, how was your day? Well, well, m- well, well I- mom, today I went to math class and I got a hundred on my test that I studied oh so very hard for. I wow. did. Local area man eats dinner with family. What a, did, what a, you, did you play any sports today, Will? No, I did not. Uh, I was that did not interest me. But you ever all. notice how insecure sure. Prisco is that he feels the need to bring up to everyone all the time? Oh, you must have not have played sports. I wonder why that is, Will. Why do you think that is, buddy? Because if you don't play sports, you're soft like you. Remember, <laughs> you're one of the great. I mean, this is a true play, story. You don't think I played sports. I got a tennis court in my backyard. It's a sport. Hey, I told uh, I told you this. I think, but. When I was at Broncos camp, Ian Rappaport was standing in front of me, and I took a picture of him. He was talking to somebody. I sent it to my wife. I said, does he look like he ever played a sport in his life? And she goes, no, never. And so I told Ian, I go, Ian, I just sent a picture of you about playing sports to to my wife. And he looked at me, and he goes, I played sports. I was on the rowing team at Columbia. (laughs) (laughs) I always call you know what he is. He's the play 60 kid. That's what he is. Pete, Pete, the uh, the NFL media bully. Um, so the team ready for a professional segue? Yeah, I will you, have I ever bully you, Nick? Hey, all right, first all one, first one. Final final ruling, not thirty hit. Okay, it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't a dirty hit. Let, just, yeah, can, I, can, I, can I just can I just can I just can I just wallow in my fandom here, please? Oh no, yeah, no. Speaking of Phil Sims jersey. Oh, that ready ready oh. professional segue. Will Brinson, go ahead. Speaking of the Browns, yes. they announced on Wednesday morning. It is Wednesday, right? Uh, that Brock Osweiler, not their starter. In fact, Brock Osweiler probably not going to play, according to a report from Adam Schefter of ESPN, in the week three preseason game. Pete Briscoe, is this, they're starting Kaiser. And we know, we talked about this on Monday. No brainer to go with Kaiser. Is this Osweiler thing, Pete, because they don't want Brock to get hurt or because they're trying to, sh- trying to trade Brock? What do you think? For what? A tuna sandwich on rye? Sands cheese. You can't even put cheese on the damn sand. No, cheese. You put cheese on it. You got to get a draft pick back too. You got to get something back for that, right? Nick, Nick, you missed it on Monday too. But um, we're going to our new intro for this podcast is going to be clips of Pete Priscoisms over like some rock music. Like you can't even put cheese on the damn sand. Like I'm Nicky, I'm Nicky Costos, and I have no friends. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's Princeton's Butler. Alistair, yes, sir. May I take your coat, Pete? May you please analyze this for us? Yeah, I mean, look, you got to play Kaiser. Get on with it. All you're doing if you don't play him is delaying the inevitable. Find out if he can play. If he can't play at the end of the year, then go find another one next year. The, you know, playing Kessler, playing Osweiler, it would be a stupid, stupid decision for the Browns. They're going to win maybe five games at most this year. They do have talent on the roster, but they're building for something for the future. Don't, don't play Osweiler. He can't play at all. Uh, he, he's horrendous. Like he's As a awful. Devil, that hurts that was it. That like, he's but you know what's so, like watching on Monday night, like he's really like, he's so bad. Like all his throws are high. He gets all these passes tipped at the line of scrimmage despite the fact that he's nine feet tall. And I, I, I legitimately think back to like his time in Denver 
and like on that that run the Super Bowl run when Peyton came back in and they won Super Bowl fifty, like he wasn't this bad. Like what the hell happened? Or like was he that bad and they just didn't notice? Like I I, I don't know, but like I'm shocked that it's come to this for him that he's this freaking bad. Like he's terrible. He is yeah. all. I think that you. He wasn't good in that Super Bowl run. I mean, remember, like, he was playing and sort of keeping the – I mean, the Broncos' defense was incredible. Like, they won games. So, like, they beat the Patriots in a primetime game. They beat the Bengals on that Monday night game. Like, they won some big games with Osweiler. Well, first of all, he looked worse than um, – A.J. McCarron? Yeah, he looked worse than A.J. McCarron in that, in that stretch. And, I mean, I'm telling you, man, I mean, like, he completed 61.8% of his passes, 10 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. They went back and benched him. He went back and benched him for a, like Peyton Manning, who was essentially a zombie at that point. I mean, like the, you know, they're just like, look, Peyton Manning can't do anything. Like, but I mean, he threw for three hundred eight against Oakland that year. He threw for two ninety nine against the Bengals that night. He threw three touchdown passes and one touch and then one interception against the Steelers. Uh, I, you know, he, you're setting that bar there, Pete. Like you're like he. Did not poop himself on the well, field. Nick's okay. right. He wasn't as awful then as he was last year, and he is now. It's almost like he, it, it, it's the train, he got paid, the train went off the track. No, but it right? seems like it's like mental for him now. And like I saw a quote, and we're taping this around noon East Coast time on Wednesday, like maybe 15 minutes before we started recording, where they asked Osweiler, do you have any regrets? And he says, I have no regrets about how I approach this competition. It's as if like he, like you said, Pete, he got paid. And he said to himself now, like, he's packed it in. Like, I think he knows at this point he's done. And I don't think he particularly cares, right? I mean, it's sort of stunning to stay and think that. But, like, has he given you one glimmer of anything to show that he really gives a damn about the fact that all of a sudden he's 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 like a taller version of Blake Bortles? No. Well, again, you got to love the position. You got to love playing it. You got to work it. You got to live it. It's got to become your life. You look at all the great quarterbacks, Breeze, Rivers, Rodgers, Brady. Peyton Manning, even Eli Manning. They all, back in the day, Matt Ryan, they live it and love it. I don't know if he lives it and loves it. I just don't. And, and you know, there's been some stories that he wasn't great in the room, in the quarterback room last year in Houston. I don't know if that's true or not. Nobody's told me that specifically. But if you don't live it and love it, you're never going to succeed in the NFL, no matter how big an arm you have, no matter how tall you are, no matter how good you can be. I just want to hear Pete singing the lyrics to – uh, living, loving, made by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> love it, love it. He's just a prop. That was terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. Boy, uh, you're awful. That, that, your that, that, that was pretty bad. Um, and it remains to be seen if Deshaun Kaiser will be awful or pretty bad. He's starting the Browns preseason game in week three, and I think you know if you're reading the tea leaves, that means that Kaiser will probably start week number one when the Browns host the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pete, I know you like this here. I kind of like it too. Just get on with it here. And I like Deshaun Kaiser a lot as a quarterback prospect here. And I think the Browns may be able to keep that game relatively close against Pittsburgh. I don't think they're going to win. I'll take them with the points. Um, our picks coming up, week one picks, very excited for that. But um, I think this is a good decision by Hugh Jackson and company. I do too. Um, yeah, he's going to go through growing pains. Um, there's going to be, look, if you look at what he's done in the preseason, yeah, there's been some good things, but there's been a lot of easy misses. There's been a lot of misreads and missed coverages, and he gets out of the pocket too soon. But that's going to happen with a young quarterback. The kid has all the tools, man. He's big. He's strong. He can run. He's got a good arm. And, again, we've said this before on this podcast. There were teams that were turned off by his attitude last year. But if he's corrected that and everything you hear is that he works at it and loves it, then he's going to be he's going to be their quarterback for a long time. I think the other thing, too, is that you – 
you're Cleveland, right? And you've had this issue for God, since 99 where you can't find a friggin' quarterback. You got these, this list of 22, 23 names on the back of that infamous jersey. It's, you know, it's you, you have one goal as a franchise in a front office, and that's to find a, a franchise quarterback. And Deshaun Kaiser might be that guy. You know, he showed some stuff in, in the first two weeks of the preseason that was impressive. I, I watched him play in a literal hurricane last year when he played for Notre Dame. And even though he didn't have a great year, his final year with that the Irish. That was against your boys, right? That was against NC State, right? NC State. I mean, like he was throwing, I mean, like he was throwing like legitimately accurate passes at times with the hurricane wind blowing in his face. Like, it was like just actually impressive. legitimately in a hurricane. Yeah, like a real hurricane was happening. He's just playing and playing like. And you were at the game. No, no not only was he at the game, but Pete, did you remember seeing him on TV? Alistair was holding the umbrella over Will so Will didn't get wet. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. He had his own. He had his own. Uh, but, but I mean, I think, look, you're Cleveland and back to the point, you have to, you have to find a quarterback, right? That's your job. You have, and you have 16 games. That's all you get. It's not a huge sample size. We don't know anything about quarterbacks even after one year, but you have 16 games to find out as best you can if, if Deshaun Kaiser is the guy. Because if he's not the guy, you have to go get somebody in the draft. And if he is the guy, it changes how you're going to approach the 2018 draft. So why would you, D around, mess around with, with friggin' Brock Osweiler, who we know is a trash quarterback, who we know is this lanky pile of, of flailing Arizona State garbage. He can't play football. Hey, bite your tongue. <laughs> and so like I told you when the draft happened, Pete, Russell Wilson, Brock Osweiler, who'd be better? Not even close, buddy. Um, I think that you have to go ahead and go to, you go with Kaiser for 16 games and find out if he's the guy. If he's the guy, then you know. Or you at least have some idea if he's the guy and you don't have to draft a quarterback early next year. It's a no-brainer situation. This this year is not about winning seven games. It's not about winning six games, five games, four games, whatever. It's about finding out if Kaiser is the guy. Uh, I claim in Russell Wilson. He went to Wisconsin. I was just going to say, like, like I don't think Will can claim Russell Wilson considering no, he, he ended his career at Wisconsin, Will. Like, he's not an NC State guy. He's a Wisconsin oh. guy. I just said at the draft that Russell Wilson, who would be better. Who was an NC State guy in your mind. I don't want him. You ran him off. He's you a, ran the damn kid off. I'd rather have Osweiler than Wilson. Who did you run? The, who did you run him off for? Mike Glennon. <laughs> yeah, that, speaking, how, tall, how, tall, lanky human. Yes, speaking of tall, lanky, trash quarterbacks, Mike Glennon. Um, so if the Browns will are to draft a quarterback in the first round next year, they will have two chances to do that because their second pick comes by virtue of the Houston Texans, who moved up to take. Deshaun Watson this past April, but Deshaun Watson will not be under center when the Texans open the season hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Pete, it will be, to nobody's surprise, the macho man Tom Savage rolled out there for Bill O'Brien in week number one. And they wanted Deshaun Watson to win the job, and he didn't. And Wait, no, because that's interesting. Like, expound on that, because I feel like everything we've heard is that Bill O'Brien all along thought Savage was going to win it. So you've got a different no, but, take on that. No, I think Bill O'Brien was more comfortable with Savage, but I think secretly they wanted, and privately they wanted Watson to come in and win the job, and he didn't win it. Savage outplayed him. Watson had a, you know, he did some good things in the first preseason game, but after that, you know, he wasn't very good last week, and I think they realized that he's not ready to be the starting quarterback of that team. He, you know, you talk about a guy who's got, he had passes batted down to the line of scrimmage. Um, he, he just, he's not ready, and if you're the Texans, you're in a different situation than the Browns. The Browns are building for the future. The Texans, with their defense, think they can win the division and maybe do some damage if they get decent quarterback play out of, out of whoever's at the quarterback position. So, for me, I get it. Um, again, 
for the long-term viability of the franchise, you might play the kid, but this team thinks they can win this year. I get it. I think that, yeah, I mean, look, Bill O'Brien is going to yank. He's going to make quarterback moves at least two or three times this year. I mean, it's happened every single year under him. Like JLC brings it up. Like, remember a couple years ago with Hoyer in the first game of the season getting pulled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he pooped on, uh, JLC's boy Hoyer for, for Ryan Mallett. Then Mallett overslept in Miami and now Mallett's a starter in Baltimore. What a, what a fun, uh, little circle of, uh, hell that is for Jason LaCapora. Um, I think that you, it's okay. You watch Watson against the Patriots and it's fine to go with Tom Savage. Because O'Brien does run a complex system, and he has been there longer. He understands the system better. He's going to come in, and I think Watson clearly gives him higher upside. And Bill O'Brien made that clear when talking about it. He knows that Watson is the guy for the future. He knows that Watson has a much higher ceiling than, than Tom Savage. But right now, Tom Savage has a higher floor. And you have a team that, in theory, should have a very good defense with J.J. Watt, David Clowney, Whitney Merciless. You know, they have talent on, on every level of the defense. They have a run game. With Dante Foreman, Dante Foreman and, uh, and, and Lamar, Lamar Miller that should be, you know, talented, should be successful if they can get Dwayne Brown back into camp. And then you have DeAndre Hopkins, of course. Uh, Will Fuller gonna miss some time. Jalen Strong potentially missing some time, but, but has looked better. Um, you know, this is a team. Ellington that, had a good game last Ellington week. Ellington looked really good against the Patriots. Yeah, he was high pointing the balls. You know, this is a team that can be good. Love high pointing balls. And I, high point balls all over the place. And I think a lot of times, you see these battles and it's more about, you know, you want the guy who's not going to make a bunch of mistakes, just like Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, right? You don't want the guy who has all that athletic upside and is going to make a great play every 10 plays. You want the guy in Savage who understands the system, minimizes the risk, has a higher floor. And I think that's where the Texans are starting. It depends on where you are as a team, too. I mean, the Browns can take that shot with the rookie quarterback. The, the Bears should take the shot with the rookie quarterback. But the Texans and the Broncos both have, you know, top flight defenses and think they can do well enough to get into the postseason. And once you get in the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. Well, no, you, you know, do, well, you do know because last year Osweiler was so bad that I, I still hold that the Texans could have won that game if they even had an average starting quarterback in that game. That they, you, you, you just had you, the Texans plus the points. You, so Pete, there. Pete, we watched the game. Like they weren't winning that game. Pete, they had every opportunity to win. If they, Will Fuller catches that touchdown pass, they had a chance they to win the win. game. I don't care what happens. They weren't winning that game. I know you you keep playing that game yeah. out. But you're wrong. Osweiler couldn't have thrown that ball any better to Will Fuller, and Deshaun Watson wasn't throwing that ball any better to Will Fuller. And don't act like a rookie quarterback was going into Foxborough and beating Bill Belichick. All, that all was, and, and oh, by the way, when was the last time the Texans the beat them? Dude, the Patriots put the ball on the ground what three, four times in that game. I'm saying there was a chance, and like Osweiler no, gave them no chance in that game. Osweiler gave them no chance. Like you always say, there's a chance you could get uh, Jennifer Lopez to be your girlfriend, and we know there's uh, none. Well, I mean, if I, get, chance, if I get a billion dollars, maybe there's a chance. Like higher chance of you and J-Lo going on a date than the, than the Texans winning with Deshaun Watson or Brock Osweiler in New England. I'll take those chances, yeah. I mean, it might be insignificant. But I, you but take I, but the Texans, so would so, I. So what's, what's the ceiling with the 2017 Houston Texans? With Tom Savage under center. What, a, a wild card berth or like win the division, host a playoff game and bow out in the first round, maybe get to the divisional round to get bounced by Pittsburgh or New England. Like at some point, you gotta put the rookie in there. Like maybe it's mid-season. Like, and I'm okay with Savage starting the year, but like if you really want to see where this team can go this year, you gotta play the kid down the stretch. How many what, rookie do you think, do you think the kid's good? I think the kid's good. Yeah, well, to be determined, because a lot of guys in the draft process thought he was Average and a lot of guys thought he was very good. So, um, look, I think 
He has a chance. He's talking about a kid who loves it. He loves it. He works it. He lives it. So he has a chance. But Did you say what's the ceiling for the, what's the ceiling for the, for, you know what the ceiling is for the Texans? Strike magic like the Ravens did one year and have the greatest scoring defense in the league and, and to hand the ball off and run the football and maybe who knows what, and don't turn it over and you can get there. You're comparing this not to, the, be to the 2000 the ceiling, the ceiling for the Texans is 9 and 7. Win the division. No, the they could go. They could go eleven and five potentially if things break right. Not with their schedule. Not with their schedule. I, I hate. I I hate the schedule game more than anything in August. Like, who the hell knows who's going to get hurt? What's going to happen? Like, how can we? I hate that. Like, and you guys both do it. It drives me insane. Well, I, let me let me ask you. This. Okay, their first five games are against the Jaguars at home, which win. I'll give you a win. At the Bengals, at the Patriots, versus the Titans, versus the Chiefs. How many of those are they winning? Those first five. They got to win two of the five, and that's hard to do. At Bengals, at Patriots, it's probably zero and two. I mean, those are two tough games. Like they won't be favored in those games. But like, what if not like, like, what if Andy Dalton gets hurt? You know, like who the hell knows? Or AJ Green's out for that game. Like who the hell knows? Like that's why I hate playing the schedule game. I mean, we're not playing a schedule in December. We're talking about but September. If they get to like nine and seven or ten and six, and they have the first. Number one ranked defense in the league, and they're and the by the way the Ravens were 16th in total yards that year on offense. If they can get there and have magic strike in the postseason, then you can you can go win you can go win a Super Bowl. But it's not sustainable for the long term. But I also don't think that you're you're ignoring when you talk about that. Like Joe Flacco put up one of the all time great postseasons. Is Tom Savage doing that? Is Deshaun? Oh, Rock- that was in. Um, we're talking about 2000 Ravens. Oh, oh yeah, right, right, right. yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, talk about the 2000 Ravens. That's the, the Ravens. With... Ravens was like one of the greatest defenses in the history of. But that's what I just said. You but, didn't but, listen but, to me. But no, you're you you think? But the Texans don't have a really have a chance to be one of the greatest defenses in the history of football, do they? I don't think they do, but you never know. It's it's you it's do, it's you it's, it's, it's cause you're you'll need like Hall of Fame type year from J.J. Watt, Hall of Fame type year from Jadavian Clowney, huge season from Whitney Merciless, and like I like. Like they, that team had Chris McAllister and Dwayne Starks, like two damn good cornerbacks. And obviously, well, the corners on that team are pretty darn good with with uh, Joseph and and Kevin Johnson and and Jackson when they're in there. They're pretty good. I would feel better if Bouye were still there. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't even hit the field. He's also, he's out, out in Jacksonville. Can we agree that the the 2017 Houston Texans are not going to have one of the greatest five or ten defensive seasons in the history of football? I think I think we can agree. And I think we can okay. also. I would agree. agree with that, but I'm just saying, it, if it happened. <laughs> yes, and yes, and, and if Jennifer Lopez comes to my apartment tonight, I'm gonna have a really, really nice night. Um, so I think we agree that the Texans can't beat the Patriots in January. The one team that I think in the AFC can, and I've said this, is the Steelers. Good news, Will Brinson. Who will be back come September 1st? Le'Veon Bell. Oh, there's a surprise. Like he was ever gonna miss a check. I like how Pete managed to. You take it. Yeah, of course he wasn't going to miss a check. He's going to get paid as a franchise player. You make your statement when your team decides to franchise tag you, not give you a long-term deal. Like if CBS today was like, hey, Pete, we're going to give you a one-year – let's say let's say you're a free agent. They're like, we're going to give you a one-year deal. And you're like, I would really like a three-year deal. They're like, no, we don't think you're really worth it. We think you're kind of old. You're, you play a position that people don't really old like. Old and slow and you're you on must the go. Film. 
Yeah, you do all this film review. You want to be heavily paid. You're old. You got some busted knees. Yeah, you Pete, can't really no one wants, No one wants to read your 23,000-word film review. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, so we're going to give you a one-year deal. Now, are you going to show up at the start of, like, the preseason and just give it your all? Or are you going to kind of wander in around the regular season and, and then really crank it up? It's a great scenario that you put out there, except there's one thing. I am Tom Brady of that work, that place. So, I mean, you got to pay me. And keep me and love me so and follow you... me and le- I lead young bucks you know like who you two. Like, like, I lead you. Well, you're I taught you everything fan, right? you know, Will Brinson. I'm <laughs> teaching this kid everything he knows. Well, Are you well, kidding me? Well, you're who's a big Seinfeld Epperman, fan. Who's Epperman and who's Gronk in this scenario? I'm, I'm kind of like I'm kind of like a co- combo Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yes, I, yes, ex- I play and I coach at the same time. Yeah. I I taught you, Brinson, and you know what? I'm still teaching you, and you still haven't learned yet. You're like you know you are. You're Jacoby Brissett. You, you splash for a little bit, but you're really not that good. You know what I mean yet? If, and if, this kid over yeah, here, Nick Costas, is Jimmy Garoppolo because he'll look that. really good, and guys go, God, he's really good. And then you'll go, Well, would I trade for him or not? See, so I'm Belichick Brady. I like you guys, but you're not on my roster 100 percent yet. Is no, this I mean, what you do when you're alone in your like house? He does, like, right? Like he looks everybody's going, like, take yeah. your shirt off and you flex in front of the mirror. You're like, I'm Brady. I'm Belichick. I'm both. <laughs> Except I'd have better end game scenarios than Bill Belichick, in case anybody's wondering. Uh, but, but seriously, like, I, I don't have a problem with Le'Veon Bell staying away. I do think, you know, you kind of have to make your statement, but don't get hurt. Don't come back and get hurt. Don't come back and test for anything. Cause you, you know, this is Let's why not you're not getting where Bell has been in the past too. I mean, the Steelers stuck by him, like right? The, they didn't have to. Like the car with LeGarrette Blunt. <laughs> yeah. But, been suspended, been suspended multiple times, right? Been suspended multiple times? Yes. I, yes. Right? It, and could could be, were it not for getting lucky with kind of how things played out, he could be facing a longer suspension the next time. Correct. He, so, yeah. you know, there's there's two sides to every story. But if I'm Bell, I wouldn't have played the preseason either. I'll be honest with you. I'm not risking that. They I'm also don't coming. need, like, he'll show up in week one, and he's gonna, against the Browns. He's going for a buck fifty. Like, they don't, he doesn't need to play in the preseason. No. But. One week, maybe, and he's coming back on the first, so he's going to be in there taking shots, and 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 they have a physical camp. So, I, to me, yeah, he did. I would have done the exact same thing if I were. I respect that, but he was for all those people thinking, how long will he sit out? These guys don't miss checks, okay? They just don't. Camp Chancellor miss checks. He's the only guy. The guys don't miss checks. That's that's that is probably probably accurate. I mean, he's gonna he's he wants to get his money, and then he's gonna try and strike a deal. I, I think the key thing for Le'Veon Bell, more than anything, and Jason Lock and Forrest talked about this in the podcast, is you have to make sure that you skipping time does not result in you suffering a soft tissue injury or some such like that. The key thing is that you have to be healthy, have a great year, play the 16 games, don't get hurt, don't get busted for anything, and then you can get paid. If you screw up or this little holdout costs you something because you get hurt, you're in a bit of trouble. You know what I noticed, by the way, last year about our resident Tom Brady? Like, after our big NFL Sundays, Pete would go to his, start complaining immediately, like, as we were wrapping up, head to his hotel, and then write 50,000 words on the film review that no one ended up reading. Now, I can't remember, like, well, when was the last time after a Patriots game Tom Brady had to take everyone's pads back to the locker room with him? I can't remember that ever happening. 
You carry my bags, dude. I make you carry my helmet around. See, you I, carry, I, I never you had to may, go right I make you games. go get lunch for me every Sunday. What are you talking about? Pete, I have literally went to get you lunch zero times in the times that we worked uh, together. Uh, well, cause, cause we send people to go <laughs> get our lunch. Cause we send That's other why. people to get our lunches. And I do owe you a lunch, by the way. And we will go to Jarrah. Dinner. And we're and going to be, Joe's Crab, Crab Shack, Crab. Maybe, maybe, maybe as a payoff instead, you, Nick Costas, with your, Wild single Fort Lauderdale ways and yes. all the Instagram models you, you hang out with. You could take Pete onto a boat when you guys have a day off and you could hang out with a bunch of girls in bikinis and party like my man Zeke Elliott. That was a very, very nice segue. And thank you for making that segue because Pete was about to crush me. I don't know how it was going to happen, but it was absolutely going to happen. So Incredible. I'm going to, so, so here's the deal. Will and I are around the same age. We're in our mid thirties. Pete's obviously in his late sixties. So he may have a different take on this than the rest of us. So Pete. Youngest, youngest 57 year old in the history of mankind. You even give, said it. Give You're yourself some credit. Give that. yourself some credit. You're not 57 yet. You're the youngest 56 year old in history and you absolutely are. It is true. Um, Pete issue with Zeke Elliott on his suspension on the party boat with some bucks and beauties it's not a good look i agree actually i agree with it's not a good it's not a good look and uh, for me you should be in a situation where you're focused on getting back right you know and 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 considering what he's supposedly done to get the suspension i mean i think to me it all it's a big picture Uh, you you hear talk of the cowboys have told dak prescott to kind of stay away from from Ezekiel Elliott. Now, I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that from people in the league. They said, look, we've heard from Cowboys people that they've told them to stay away from him. So um, I would say bad look all the way around. I actually couldn't agree more. Um, and, like, it's not like he was doing anything. And, like, that's noted. Like, you know, it's not like he was like, getting bombed or anything on the boat. But, like, you got to have better self-awareness, right? It reaches the point where it's like, you gotta be able to help yourself. And it feels like Zeke Elliott can't help himself. And like Pete said to Pete's point, like, if it were like anything other than domestic violence, like you feel like maybe like, eh, you know, maybe yeah, you understand a little bit, but like, dude, like, whether it's true or not, like you have to have the awareness to be able to say, I can't put myself in these positions. Like, even if he's not but, breaking the yeah, law, like, you know just, what? why can't you he really... stay home for, for a couple of weeks? Yeah, but it's also their day off. Right, and he wasn't. He was supposedly not drinking. But it was not the like you said. It's it, it's it's the optics of the situation. It's like Odell Beckham on the boat before the first playoff game. It's optics. It doesn't matter if he's not doing anything on the boat. He shouldn't be on the freaking boat while he's suspended and like waiting for his appeal, like on a party boat with his shirt off. Like it just sends the wrong message. It's, it shows me that the kid doesn't get it or doesn't care. One of the two. What if he was at a pool with a bunch of girls? He wasn't. He's on a boat. Well, look, but what, look, look, your day off. You're suspended. You're facing the suspension. You're facing domestic violence allegations. You're trying to, you're trying to appeal this. Go rent a chessboard and sit in the air conditioning of your apartment and play chess with somebody. Checkers. Monopoly. Who cares? Play Madden. Reminder, if you subscribe to this podcast and leave a review, you Five can potentially stars. play Madden. Five, Five stars. Five star review. Star review. I mean, it's crazy. Don't right. do Any other player, any oh. other player, it's not an issue, right? Any right. other player, right. it's not an well, issue. Well, Beckham, it's it would be an off. issue because he's Beckham, but, but, but Zeke yeah. and Beckham, I think, are the Well, two Beckham did it during this, during the se- regular season or the playoffs. That's just stupidity. Yeah, it was bad. And I think this is stupidity from Zeke also. This like, is, even this if he's is not, not doing a good anything, look. just don't do it, kid. Just don't do it. No, it's not a good look. Um, 
Speaking of do it, Mike Martz would like to do something on Sean McVay. I was actually really surprised to see this. So the former Rams coach guys said he wanted to puke over Sean McVay being hired by his former team, different city now, Martz in St. Louis, the Rams now in L.A., that Sean McVay hired at age 30 and basically poo-pooed Sean McVay's quarterback development skills, killing Sean McVay and killing the Rams in this Jared Goff situation. Sour grapes from Mike Martz, just a little bit here, right, Will? Just a little bit sour grapes from Mike Martz. Basically poo-pooing him? He said he wants to puke. Yes. He's like, I want to puke this guy gets hired. I mean, like, I get that maybe, you know, you're not thrilled about the fact that somebody's 30 and getting the same job that you once held. But, bro, come on, like, Mike Martz, what do you, you don't need to be bitter. I mean, like, he, what is he, a couple months older than Jared? They hired a buddy for Jared. The NFL has nothing to do with being a friend or the buddy of the quarterback. You got to coach him and work with him hard with respect. But Buddy, and this guy is a quarterback expert, an offensive expert, wait a minute while I puke. Right, he's going to be able to teach and handle and guide Jared through tough times because of all his expertise and knowledge? Right, I'm not going to drink that Kool-Aid. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, Mike March, but but he he did really good things with Kirk Cousins. Jared Goff already looks better. What is your deal? Why are you blasting Sean McVay? Just see if he feels wholly unnecessary to kick another random coach under the bus. Hey, Mike March. It's a good thing Dick Vermeil left you a championship team, you clown. Oh, oh, and by the way, Mike, how many Super Bowls did Mike Martz win with that championship team? Zero. He didn't win any of them, and got his pants coached off by Bill Belichick in that one Super Bowl. And and Martz's yeah, career he wouldn't, run, he wouldn't run the ball. And Pete Martz's career went to hell after he left the Rams, and after he didn't have Kurt Warner, Trent Green, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Isaac Heeman company. So it's like, what the hell is this guy's? Pr- he's like the he's like the. The NFL's version of George Carl now, except George Carl had a lot more success than Mike Martz did. I like Mike Martz as a play caller. I always have. I think his offense was fantastic. I thought he was creative. Yeah, he was how innovative. About, how about Mike when Martz he started J.T. O'Sullivan in San Francisco? What'd you think but he might that? be the he might be the most thin-skinned coach I've ever dealt with. He used to call me back in the day and complain about something that I got out of his building, and he would call me and he'd go. And then I'd see him the next summer, and I'd go in there, and he'd. Hand me, it's in his office and he hand me his business card. He goes, if you have anything, just call me. Just call me. So you call him and he, and, and then it didn't work. He never answered the phone. So these guys are, they, look, they're all thin skinned. They're all jealous of each other. They all have giant egos. Sean McVay is not going to baby Jared Goff. I was just there. I talked to him about it. He's going to, and talk to Jared Goff about him. He loves him. He loves the way he coaches him. He loves the offense. Uh, it's absurd. Mike Martz is off days. Yeah, Mike Martz is, it's, it's being ridiculous. Like, this is, golf this, looked fantastic last week, by the way. I went back and rewatched it again. I'm, he was I'm, fantastic. Are, are, are we ready I'm at not, this point to, um, to say, hey, Nick Costos, you were right about Jared Goff? There's still room on the bandwagon, guys. No, I, I've been on that bandwagon too, dude. No, I, I built it. Like, I actually created the Jared Goff bandwagon. Yeah, right. you were on the Carson Wentz bandwagon. What are you talking about? I've been, no, you I, love I, Carson I, Wentz. I will not even let you like speak these, these, these falsehoods. That's not true. I always loved Goff. I've always been a Goff guy since he was in college. Like, do not attribute yeah, that to me. Yeah, I, no, I'm with you. I think that like, I like Goff. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for the Rams. I want the Rams to be good. I like, I like Cooper Cup, Sammy Watkins. I think it could be a fun, Todd Gurley. I like their eight, offense. Eight, I hope their offense eight. is good. Eight and eight this year for the Rams. Wow. They're not going. They're not going to schedules. Eight. Schedules. Brutal. Oh, here we go. The freaking schedule game. They're going no worse than seven and nine. Do you know what a schedule is? It's a list of the games you have to play, buddy. But, but, <laughs> like I hate to break it. But like, but like the schedule, like week two could look entirely different after week one. So like, what's okay, the, the point see, of doing it? 
The Seahawks will be good, and the Cardinals will be good, and the 49ers are better. And that's just the division. What if Carson Palmer, like, blows his knee out? Then what? Then Drew Stanton will play, and they'll be an okay team with a very they'll, good team. They'll defense. be okay, but you give the Rams a better shot at that point, right? This is why it's, it's useless to play the game. It's not yet, No, it's – what are you talking about useless to play the game? They have to play at the Vikings. It's a tough game. They have to play the Saints. The Saints will be good on offense. They have to Cowboys. play at the Cowboys. Yeah, it's a tough schedule. They're going to win seven games, and it's going to be awesome. Giant, at the Giants. That'll be a win for the Rams since the Giants can't At the Vikings. Block. I'm Come looking forward. I, I can't wait for that, for my adopted favorite team to beat my old favorite team, for the Rams to beat the All Giants. Right. What else do we, Nick, do you need to talk Thrones with Pete? Nick has stuff he has to get off his chest, but he also has meetings to go to. So, I, don't right, know so, if can so I watched, um, so I want to get the ruling on this. Am I a terrible person for having, I watched the leaked episode and I texted you guys last Wednesday if you wanted Awful. it and you both wrote me back immediately as if to suggest like I had said like let's go kill some kids. Like it was You got like, a virus, you got a virus for doing that on your computer by the way probably. I watched it on my iPad so I think that I'm probably good. Am I a terrible person for watching the leaked episode? Yeah. No, I mean you pay for HBO, right? I do. Yeah, see, you're not as long as you're not like using like your parents' password, that's a terrible person. I you're was like, nervous. I'm, that a cord, I'm a cord cutter, and you're like using your parents' password for HBO. Like, and I'm cutting, like, you're cutting cords while you're like eating avocado yeah, toast. Instead, you do like you, Brinson, and have your parents come over and pay for your HBO to be installed. Yeah, there's no question that that that, that, that Brinson's parents pay for all that. We'll stuff get you a new 72 incher, Will, so you have something real comfortable to watch in the living room. Um, so I watched you it last Wednesday. 72 I, inches is comfortable. Yo, you guys know I I love like I'm a I'm as Pete said like I kind of am a geek with this stuff like I love. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones. I love this stuff. Love it. I thought this Dork. was a, I thought it was a bad episode, man. Like, and it had cool moments, like the zombie dragon and sound the alarms, like the spoiler alarm. Stop listening. <laughs> the zombie dragon thing was so freaking cool. And like, it was a spectacular death too. And the zombie died and sunk into the, uh, into the icy lake. I thought that was really cool, but there were so many damn gaps in logic that just make absolutely no sense. And the, the director comes out and goes, yeah, I don't care as much since the show's rating really well. It's like, really, dude? It's like they're saying, like, we've already got you hook, line, and sinker, so now we're going to give you an inferior product. It's like Michael Bay is directing Game of Thrones now. Like, they've thrown logic and reason to the wind, and they're hoping that all the pretty stuff on the screen is going to distract you from the fact that the plot is absolutely incomprehensible and makes no sense. And this was a show that was built on nuance. And you know why? Because they had the source material of the master, George R.R. R. Martin. And now Benoit and Weiss are pissing down their legs on a weekly basis. It's all deus ex machina stuff. I've heard his I've heard his books lost lost a little bit of luster, too, after, like, the second one. Well, one he, through he, three are all ten out of tens. The fourth one's, like, in seven and a half. The fifth one's, like, in eight and a half. So not yeah, as see? good. So, the well, deus ex machina stuff, which for people who aren't literary geniuses like us, uh, that means basically like, yeah. God from the sky comes flying in and saves the day. They've been doing that all season. Like, I, like, that's not surprising to me. That's, or no, They've no, all season, all, Pete, all, Will, Will, since the Battle of the Bastards, since, and that was the first time that they had surpassed the books. Is it? Was, yeah, because Jon Snow standing like there, they're always, all rushing towards him, and the Knights of the Vale come in to save the day. You think Jon Snow's gonna The show die? went off the rails when it stopped being about people and started being about Fighting no, white no, dogs. no, but no, but it was always going to be that way, Pete. And like, there's no, a way you could have, you could have made it about the people, make Pete, it about the Pete, stories, Pete, the me- no, mechanism. No, no, because I, I, I have a, I have, a, I have a problem too that I don't think has been addressed by the internet because you know the internet has pointed out that Night King is staring down this. Like this one, first of all, Pete pointed this out. You know, didn't get off his first read. The, the you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> which a, is a, a, a great a, line. You got a dragon with like nine riders, right? And you're going to throw at the one that's moving? That's stupid. Here's the thing that bothers me about the Night King. 
Jon Snow falls in the water. And he has to see it, right? Because he's no, sitting up there. Will, you don't will, go after Jon Snow. Will, You're just going to let Jon Snow sit in the water. Come on. Will, there is there is nothing dead. that has ever happened on a television show that has bothered me more than Jon Snow going underwater in north of the wall in, in hypothermic temperatures, wearing armor, being dragged down by five undead warriors, and he somehow miraculously nary a scratch is able to get out. Nothing's happened to him. No explanation of how he got out. It was like Jamie Lannister floating to the bottom of the water and a couple episodes prior, and all of a sudden, like, yeah. he's wearing armor, and they pull him out. Like, it's you, like, it's like they are what saying, about, the writers what about are saying to, to you guys that they don't care what you think about logic. They're like, they have painted themselves into a corner. They have an out. It's like, it's yeah. like, it, it's not characters organically getting somewhere. It's starting and moving backwards. It's saying, this is, we need a zombie dragon. How can we get to that point? It's, it's, it's what about, terrible. what about the, um, the the chains showing up. <laughs> we'll get chains. It's that was brand actually new. like the least of my concerns was the chains. Oh come on, brand uh, new chains. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's like AK. My wife told me that these chains come from some boat, some zombie boat. Well, that's cool. I've never seen the zombie show boat. Us you the need zombie to set boat. that up. But I've also read where there, and you'll know this, Nick, because you read the books. But there are ice dragons. But this isn't going to be an ice dragon. I think it is going to Rep- be an ice dragon. So it's going to fire ice and because I've read where he said it's not going to be an ice dragon because they were referenced in their books, I guess. Instead of being a dragon that fires uh, fire, they fire ice on the people and freeze them. Oh, and Pete, what fires the fire in the ice? What? What's the name of the animal that does that? Dragon. The dragon. Dra- you saw his name. His name is D-R-O-G-O-N. Drogon. I got another issue as well. Um, the So like the, you know, they, 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 what's his name? Uh, Gendry sprints Gendry, back who, to the who, wall. Who, by the way, is Usain Bolt, apparently. Like, like yeah, it, no, 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 no. Usain Bolt, yeah. Usain Bolt on the snow, in boots, in full armor. But he only freezes at the end when he passes out. He says, send a raven. So the time frame from him to run from wherever the hell they are in the north, all the way back to, uh, what's the name of the castle? To the wall. The, the castle. So is, is it the regular castle, wall? It's just the regular wall. Okay. Yeah. Runs all the way back to the regular wall. Says send a raven. They send the raven. Well, they admitted the time frame on that. They've already admitted that they sped well, up the but time. No, but, but like, they but then the raven flies. Like, you're okay with the sped up time. All the dragonstone. Yeah. And then while while these guys are sitting there taking a nap, this is all happening. And then they fly the dragons back to the wall. It, it, it's, it's implausible. It's just annoying. Just doing the three episodes and drag it out a little bit longer. He's soft. He didn't make it all the way either. If they hadn't come out, he didn't <laughs> make it. But like, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, you're, I'm okay with the sped up timeline. Like when Jorah Mormont is, is on Dragonstone and then all of a sudden he's at the wall. Cause nothing has happened in the plot in between then and now to be like, okay, this is stupid. But when, but when, Gendry gets from where the, wherever the hell they are north of the wall to the wall. The raven goes from the wall, which is the northernmost point on the Game of Thrones map, to Dragonstone, which is the southernmost point on the Game of Thrones map. And then Daenerys flies her dragons from the southernmost point to the northernmost point, all in the span of about 15 minutes of real time. That's when I have an issue and go, you know what? It was visually spectacular and had really cool moments, but at the end of the day, the writers and the directors are saying, we don't care about logic anymore. We have devolved basically into a summer action flick. Grab your popcorn. We're going to entertain you, but it's not going to make any sense. And that's, that's what I've been telling you all along, which is why I liked – it was much better when it was people-driven. It's not people-driven anymore. But like, no, no, but like you can do the supernatural stuff as long as it's rooted in like the logic of the show. This was not rooted in the logic of the show. That uh, was bad. It's bad. It was a bad and, uh, it's two in a row now. They I better... wouldn't say it was bad. I just it just it just wasn't great. It was me. entertaining, but it doesn't live up to the standard set by Game of Thrones. We'll, you know what we'll it is? It's almost it like HBO said, "Spend whatever the hell you want to," and and they spent it. 
You know what I mean? Because it's, it clearly had to cost a fortune. It's insulting for for people who have been spending this amount of time watching Game of Thrones. Like I've watched the damn season three times, right? Like my wife and I have gone back and like prepped for these seasons by rewatching it. So there's a significant amount of like time investment into this, and then then to cover up all of these warts by being like, look zombies like you know what if i wanted that i'd go watch the walking dead okay like i don't like i don't need i don't need you to to placate me with these with these dead people running everywhere i need you to give me a great television show and like the backlash against like people that are complaining now it's like it's a fantasy show deal with it or it's it's not and like it's had been brilliant and it had been nuanced and it had made sense within the confines of the universe and they pissed down their leg in this episode and people that are pissed have a right to be pissed because it was freaking well, we garbage. Well, we got 80 more minutes because I guess the finale is 80 minutes next week and then they won't come back until 2019. Wait, is that or true? Or 18? Yeah, it'll be late 2018. No, 19. Right? So taking a year off? No, they're not. Yeah. Taking your off? No, don't tell me that. All right, all right, we got, we, we got to go. This is I can't. I'm I telling can't. you, I think they're t- coming back in 2000. Look it up, Brinson. Um, Final season of Game of Thrones. I think it's 2019. Oh, and by, and the, by way, the way, Pete, just so uh, just so you know, Charles Robinson just tweeted had a good convo with insurance star Coastal Advisors at Coastal Advisors. Thinks 100 million insurance for Giants Becca would be too costly, difficult to underwrite. Probably not gonna happen. Pete wins again. Let's go talk to Jason Lockerfora. Wait, people, Will, before we do that, before we bring JLC on, how cool is this, by the way? So we have Office Pool Manager on CBSSports.com. Oh, yeah. And we are going to run the Pick 6 group here. Tell the listeners how they can get involved in your experience with this product. So I've been doing this for, like, we had this guy that used to run this pool, and it was kind of shady how he ran it. We all joined. It was called, like, uh, it was like some offline third-party software. You would do picks against the spread. You pick make picks every week. But this guy would, like, post the – Post the picks at like noon. Why would you? Why would you deal with all of that? The hassle of all of it when you can just run the office pool yourself on CBSSports.com with our office pool manager. You can do just that. I run the Mister Master Lock pool. We got sixty of my closest friends. We all play for fun and shenanigans and whatnot. You can do picks against the spread. You can pick certain games. You can do picks straight up. You can run it over the course of the season. It is the only way to run an office pool, and you can sign up for free on CBSSports.com. You should, and you need to do that. And also, remember this. We are giving away a copy of Madden 2018. Will Brinson has the code. He will give it to the person picked at random. You have to leave a five-star review in between now and tomorrow morning. That would be or, or now and Friday morning, Friday, August 25th. Five-star review with a rating and your Twitter handle. We will pick someone at random, and you will get a free copy of Madden 2018. With that, gentlemen, I will now depart, and you will be joined by the great Jason Lockenfora. All right, now we're bringing on Jason Lockenfora. Pete Prisco's still here. Nick Costos had meetings to go to, apparently. Jason, what's the latest on Brock Osweiler? Is he available for trade? Is this breaking news? <laughs> I mean, I, I can remember sending a tweet out about 45 seconds after the team announced that they had acquired officially Osweiler on the first day of the league year, and I had texts coming in from multiple teams saying, Dude, Sashi is already peddling this guy. Like, I don't know if it was via mass text to a lot of other uh, executives or, or the exact mode, but I had multiple teams tell me the exact same thing. Like, they're trying to move Osweiler immediately. They're willing to eat a good portion of what's left of the contract to do it. You know, they're hoping to recoup a mid-round pick. Like, it was very specific. So, like, he's spin block Osweiler ever since then. They, they were trying to trade him around the draft. They were trying to trade him around the start of camp. Like, 
it's it's been known throughout the league that this was purely a paper transaction and that they never intended to have the player there. So, like, yeah, now that they're going to go with Kaiser, he's he's even more available than ever. And I suspect that the what was already going to be scant to limited compensation, uh, the asking price is even lower. Who, who wants a third string quarterback making eighteen million dollars hanging out in your locker room every day? Like, how, how's that dynamic going to play out? He well, wants it's it, not. He wants it he's to hang out of his not, house. No, I don't, he's not good. I mean, it's a bad. It was a bad situation. But they, you know, look. The bottom line is, they're doing the right thing by playing the kid. No doubt about it. No, agreed. Agreed. It should be his season, and they've beefed up their offensive line. They should be able to run the ball a little bit. I think the defense will at least be league average. So, yeah, you're the but, Cleveland Browns. But if they you need can't to find trade him, Jason. Jason, if they can't trade him, they'll keep him, right? I mean, I think, I mean, I guess they'll keep him because eventually, you know, if you start getting quarterbacks hurt like last year, and again, I don't think they will because they actually have an offensive line or at least a semblance of one this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you literally pay him, you know, eighteen million dollars to go away or whatever. Um, or I can't remember the exact the remainder of what's owed to him after the first transaction. I don't think you do that, but. I do think if you like Kevin Hogan more than him, and you've gotten you, you've spent no money the previous two years, and you got more cap space than God, I don't really know. I, I mean, maybe I do. Maybe I go three or four weeks into the season, and if you're, you feel like Kaiser's okay, and you still you've managed to protect Kevin Hogan to that point, then maybe I just say get him out of here. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Um... Breaking news, the Browns have a terrible quarterback situation. I, I think you just dump him, take the salary hit. That's what you did. The whole point was to to try and, and, and set yourself up so that you would, you know, get some picks. I mean, that's the goal, right? So don't yeah. worry about Osweiler. Uh, elsewhere with quarterback situations, Jason, in the AFC North, what's the story on Joe Flacco? You were just with the Ravens. Is he going to be ready week one? I, I believe so. I mean, everything that I've been told all along, and I stopped by there today just to double-check with a few people, is that basically from the moment this happened, they went into precautionary mode. They've had a, a dreadful run of injuries um, all through the offseason, injuries and suspensions and retirements, and they they can't take any chances with this guy whatsoever. And while it's not like he's, you know, his, he, it's not like he has the spine of a jellyfish or like if you breathe on his back, you know what I mean? He's going to suffer a disc, a slip disc. But, you know, you're out here. It's hot. It's muggy. Like, I mean, the field today was slick. It rained overnight. Like, what are you gaining, really, ultimately, if he does slip and falls on his back? And he, You know what I mean? And now you've set yourself back eight weeks or 16 weeks. Um, it's just the risk-reward they've done on a daily basis. And, and their calculus is wheel him out with two weeks before the start of the regular season. That's enough time for him to get reps and, and get ramped up. And if God forbid something happens to his back, let it at least happen in a game that's going to matter in the standings, you know, that people have, have, you know, in, invested in and, and will have something to do with the outcome of the Ravens season. So I expect him to be out there throwing, uh, next Monday. And again, if this were a regular season, two weeks ago, he's out there probably doing that. But given all of the backstory to this, and given the fact that the next man up is Ryan Mallett, and, and they've seen a lot of that the last few weeks, that they can't take any chances here. The offense is in perilous condition as it is. I do think the defense will be legit, legit. Like, I, I think it's going to be a darn good defense. But they're going to need something out of the offense. And the only chance of having even a sliver of hope that they're a marginal offense 
is with Joe Flacco doing what he's done most of his career up until this, his knee injury, which was take every single snap. Pete, do you have any hope for the Ravens' offense? No, I don't. I, I don't think I don't think it's they're bad. very good. I don't think they're a very good football team all the way around. I I, I think um, you know in years past we put a lot of faith in Ozzy and and Eric DaCosta to replenish, and they've done a great job with that. But it's finally caught up to them. I, I just don't see this being a good football team. I don't, not at all. They'll be feisty, but they're not going to be a good football team. Yeah, I, I don't I mean the offensive line. They're still reshuffling. I mean Ronnie Stanley hasn't been practicing regularly, and you know they're being you know taken precautions with him, but. You know, losing Lewis, Alex Lewis for the year was a huge blow. Um, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, when, look, they did not like Jeremy Zutal at all. Like, they just didn't think he was a good football player. They didn't think he worked hard enough. You know, there was a lot they didn't like about him. They, <laughs> like, on the way out. Last week, they found themselves in a war with the Colts to get him because that's how desperate they are for somebody who at least knows their calls and knows their scheme who has snapped the football before in the NFL. Like, it's, they got issues on that side of the ball. Well, the right, signing I, the right tackle for what they signed them was a was a desperation move. Well, that, I mean, that's the bind they're in. I mean, I, I said this in the podcast before. The guy they should have got was Cyrus Coangelo, who they almost signed back during uh, during minicamp, and they lost out on him in Hemden Hall, and he he went to the Lions. But I mean, that's what you're left with. I mean, that's that's what's available. I mean, well, well, dude, what do you think John Schneider's thinking right now? I mean, it, we're, we're, it, good luck finding tackles. A lot of the good teams don't have them. And the bad teams certainly don't have them, or they wouldn't be so horrible. Hey, let Jason, me ask you, he turned, ask you he something. Turned, wait a second. He just turned Cyrus Quandro into an Italian guy. <laughs> Cyrus Quandro. Hey, let me ask you <laughs> something, uh, Jason. If if you were you, not for this year specifically, but for the next five years, would you rather have the Ravens roster or the Browns roster? Well, I'm... I'm See, Jason can't say Brown. anything good about the Browns, no. so I might go Brown. No, dude, I'll, you go back and look where I wrote when I was in Cleveland. They're going to be, they're not going to be what they were last year. They're not the worst team in football. No, they not. won't have the 31st ranked defense and everything across no. the board. They're going to no. be able to run the ball, especially to the right side. And you know, I don't think I still don't know that they have a quarterback. So, but they're not so you would take the Browns roster then? Just, I mean, the quarterback thing is what gives me pause. I, I just, I, but Flacco's you know, contract, you got Flacco's contract is a nightmare. Yeah, it's not great, but it, Joe Flacco has won a Super Bowl. I, I don't know, man. It's close. I'll, I'll tell you what. It's, it's close. Pete, I take the Browns. Yeah, I would too. I think, I think it's an easy choice, honestly. I think. Well, I mean, because you, uh, okay, you got, if you look at the best players on both teams. Weddle, Brandon Williams is a good player. Suggs is 150. He's not going to be around the next couple of years. Yep. Um, go to the offensive line. Stanley. No, I think Tony, I think Tony Jefferson's good. I think Timmy Williams is going to be somebody who they're holding back right now, but I think they're going to unleash him in some packages that Dean Pease has, and I think he's going to be effective. I like Judon. Um, I, I think yeah, but Judon's no better than, no, Judon's not any better than what they got over there in Cleveland. He's not any better than some of those young guys. I mean, they got Kirksey's a good player in Cleveland. Nobody even knows about him. I'll take the uh, Cleveland's linebacking core over them, but I still don't know about Cleveland's defensive line. I mean, Danny well, Shelton is he ever Shelton healthy? Played good like, last year. Yeah, but they can't. They average, dude, they average 140 yards against the last few years. It's not like they're loaded with uh, defensive. The secondary's back. a problem in Cleveland. Hayden needs. And I don't know any. I don't trust any of their. I don't trust any of their corners. Right. Well, Hayden got talent. He just doesn't play to it lately. Yeah, he's been hurt. hurt for three years. 
That's what I mean. I think it's I think it's it's a close I think it's a close call. I take I Cleveland. It's a close call. Although the Cleveland receivers aren't very good either. No, their skill position players aren't. I mean, I think the tight end they drafted. I think they probably have two tight ends, but I don't know who they have on the outside. But so like, I would the think running backs on both Corey teams. Corey Coleman, when's he healthy? The ro- the running backs on both teams are below average. I would take the skill I'd, position I'd take guys in over Cleveland. West, but I would take the skill position guys in Cleveland for this year over the skill position guys in Baltimore. Corey Coleman, Kenny Britt. I mean, they're not like not world beaters, but first Mike Wallace and Michael Campanero. And then you got Crowell. Duke no, well, they've got Macklin. I don't know, dude. I think it's pretty comparable. Macklin and Macklin and Wallace, or Britton Coleman. I, I take I take Macklin and Wallace. And Perriman. Perriman, dude. He, I, I won't talk about Perriman until I like he's on a football field for three weeks in a row playing football. Same thing with Campanero. Those guys are just never available. Perriman didn't practice again. He's not practicing again now. I mean, I got to be available. I, I just I, I didn't like that pick when they made it. Thought they forced it. I didn't like what I heard from evaluators. I trusted about Perryman. I, I I think that's got major. Who's major playing? Who's there. playing tight end in Baltimore right now? Max Williams has actually played like he's been effective in practice. So they tell me the last few weeks, but he's another one who's always hurt. Nick Boyle would be the starter, and then Watson played eight snaps. You know, he's coming off what the Achilles or whatever. He's he played, and he's obviously no spring chicken. He played eight snaps. Last week, Morningweg told me, you know, he, he, they'll ramp that up a little bit this week. But Nick Boyle would be the guy right now. How about the Seahawks, Jason? That's the team we were talking about before the podcast. You would obviously take the Seahawks roster over either the Ravens or the Browns. Yeah. But that, that's really more of a, a terrible segue than an actual choice. Do you think the Seahawks should play Russell Wilson in the preseason? I would not play him in this game. I would not play him in this game. They're they're Why? figuring out the left tackle thing. They just traded for some, you know, for a guy who wasn't going to make the Eagles team. Uh, they don't know that they have a blind side at all. Losing George Fant was significant. I'm not playing him in this game. I don't know what you gain from it. You sign Austin Davis out there to be a human shield. Go take one for the team, kid. You got two weeks to coach up your offensive line now, and you guys know Schneider. He'll be burning up the phone lines trying to see what he can do. I don't know that he can solve this problem just because of the state of left tackles. And if you trade your starting left tackle in August or September, you're basically saying we're no good this year. And most GMs don't want to send that signal to their owner before a single you know, soda or hot dog has been sold. Saying all that, maybe there's something they can do. If it's me, I'm offering my one and Jermaine Kerr, who I don't think is going to make that team, and maybe one of my corners, and I'm trying to find a left tackle somewhere. I'm starting with my buddy. McKenzie in Oakland, I don't know that they trade Donald Penn. I don't know that they capitulate. They're in win-now mode. I wouldn't think they would, but I want him to tell that to me. I want to get real creative with him and see if there's something I can do to help both our football teams. I'm going to call Rick Smith in Houston and try the same thing with Dwayne Brown. You know, Neither of those guys have a whole lot left in the tank, but I'm trying to win one more Super Bowl right now with this group. And he showed last year, how many times did he trade down out of the first round last year? He feel like he traded that pick three times before he used it. So, you know, that's what I would be doing. But I don't know who that bad team is. You know what I mean? What about, I don't Al- know what about Albert? Who says yes? What about Brandon Albert? I mean, I, I signed him, but is he, what kind of shape is he in? Where is his mind? Is that any better than one of the, is, is, here's the question. Is Brandon Albert, for whatever, six million bucks, that much better than somebody else who's going to get cut in the next two weeks? You know what I mean? Who, who might be a bit of a diamond in the rough, who their scouts really like? I, 
you know, that that's the rub, and they don't have a ton of cap space either. You're going to have to restructure some stuff. But I'm not playing Russell Wilson behind that line in this game. I, I, me, personally, I'm just not. And if that sends a bad message to the locker room or whatever, or if the guys on the O-line take that the wrong way, you know, so be it. So more of them have to get better. Yeah, I think – no, I'm, I'm with you. And I think you saw what happened when Russell Wilson got injured last year and he couldn't run around. It became a major problem. All right, we got we filled up a bunch of time. Um, we'll do a, a longer podcast. We got one more week of the preseason, baby. We're almost, we're about, we got next week, we got a bunch of preseason stuff to, uh, prediction stuff to do. We'll be back. Jason, thank you for your time as always.